Hi, I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and you're listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. everyone i'm super excited about this next uh week's episode i want my guests to introduce themselves and they're going to tell you where they are and what the connection is and here we go take it away hello uh my name is jay i use he him and i am a queer youth ambassador at the cleveland lgbt center that's it i already said this but i'll say it again that's such an amazing center it's like one of the best i swear in the world like and i've been to a lot and uh it's it's pretty cool how did you get connected to the center? Yeah, so when I was in high school, a classmate of mine would, like had briefly mentioned it to me, and I was they were doing like this. Um, I don't. It was called Power Up, Power Out, which is basically this program where you like go through a few different like lesson type things where you kind of just learn about the LGBT plus community and just kind of like talk about you know, for example, sex ed, um, you know, different things that are prominent in society, intersectionality. Um, and you had at the end of like the training, as I, I don't know if it's called training, but I'm going to call it training. They asked if I was interested in becoming a QIA or peer youth ambassador. And I was like, yeah, sure. So uh, that's how I am here. And I have I- to say, I've really enjoyed it so far. That's great. So what do you get to do as an, what, as your experience, what do, what do you actually do? Like, do you get to go out to the community? Do you get to talk to like younger queer kids? Yeah. So for me specifically, all we've been really doing is like planning for queer prom, which I don't remember exactly the date. I should, I don't. A lot of planning. June 10th. I just learned. <laughs> June 10th. Uh, awesome. Cool. Yeah. And basically we're just, you know, just planning this event. Um, but I know in previous years, I believe, and we're actually like after that fact, we're planning on doing like some different outreach stuff. Like for example, maybe putting on like an art fair or attending once, I don't know, something like that, just to get us out in the community a little bit more. But yeah, at the moment, that's what we're doing is queer prom. When you do the queer prom, uh, how many kids usually come to that? It's probably pretty big, right? Um, so this is my first time actually like attending it. Okay. So, but we did like there's like tickets that you have to like it's not like purchase because they're free like anyone can go it's like RSVP. but you have to like fill out like i think it's a google form it just has like the basic info like you know name age pronouns stuff like that and there are 250 like tickets available so we're thinking that it'll probably be around like i mean i'm estimating that probably like between 200 to 250 in that case that's so cool and then there's uh it's specifically for like 13 or 14 year old to 20 or whatever or 19 like that age yeah. group there that's neat i did have a, i you know the funny thing is i remember i lived in massachusetts i went to a, a prom like that in boston and what they did is they had like in city hall they like mm-hmm. had the whole floor dedicated to like queer youth and we had a, I'm pretty sure it was just queer youth that's what it feels like it was and there was like drag queen performers and mm-hmm. it was like it was really spectacular because it's so important. It's like one of the most mm-hmm. important. And that was in 2000. So it was really cool. Um, it's definitely awesome. Uh, yeah. I will say 
since I am trans, I use he, him, as I mentioned. And when I went to prom, I was not given the option to like present how I wanted. I had to wear a dress, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with wearing a dress. Honestly, in society, typically speaking, there is an issue with like, you know, gender stereotyping and assigning gender to clothes. Like, for example, I paint my nails because I like it, but that doesn't make me any less masculine. No, (laughs) it does not. It makes Mm -hmm. it actually makes no sense if you think someone's less masculine than they paint their it makes mm-hmm. no sense but you gotta <laughs> but learn just for me personally i've had bad experiences with wearing dresses as a trans person sure. so i'm really excited to be able to like try wearing a suit or wearing maybe slightly more gender neutral clothing than i had the option to well than i had to in high school so it definitely has like a big impact as far as that goes too. a hundred percent if you could have your like most ideal clothes What's your vibe? Like, what's your what's what's your what's your dressing vibe? How do you like to dress, like <laughs> day in and day out? It's important, you know. It's really it, like you said. It's a dress is a dress, but like it is a very important thing to like make a statement mm-hmm. for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, what would it be like? How would you want to like really feel comfortable and powerful? Ah, uh, that's a difficult question a because question. I'm really bad with fashion. That's okay. Like, that's they why say you that like gay people should be good at fashion. I'm one of those who is not. <laughs> Which obviously that is a joke. That is a joke. I'm just gonna clarify. That was a joke. <laughs> no one's gonna care. Don't worry. Probably in poor taste, but it's. Eh. But joke. um, if I had to say, probably like you know, just like a stereotypical, like maybe, kind of like wearing like. Okay, I'm really bad at describing clothes. I'm realizing. Um, we'll work <laughs> I it have out. We'll no work artistic it. vision when it comes to fashion. We'll go th- through this together. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so I would have to say like a long sleeve dress shirt, dress pants that are like pretty loose. So they're like kind of comfortable. Yep. And then probably like something in between a suit coat and like a sweater where it's like kind of like a suit coat, but it's like, it's more comfortable. I know I just what you really mean. Like com- mm-hmm. I just really yeah. like comfy clothes. You know what and else? You know what adds to that? Oh, keep going. Keep going. I was just saying, and lastly, a tie. <laughs> yeah. You know, what mm-hmm. actually makes a, a long, longer sleeve if you did like a lot oversized comfortable thing a mm-hmm. high waisted pant mm-hmm. because what it does it like takes your long your like longer shirt and mm-hmm. it makes it look sharp because you have like you can tuck most of it in so it's like tight right here but it's like mm-hmm. loose right here and then you put a really sharp like that would look that would look banging <laughs> just high just a high waisted pant it, it, believe it or not it really works it's a, it's a it's a, an illusion to your body you know like it, it makes you seem longer and like like uh anyways i like that kind of stuff so it's all good. Mm-hmm. yeah uh so what so that's really cool proms are cool queer proms are even better um your involvement with this organization is that's just like so freaking cool it's such a great way to like become a leader too you know that's what it seems mm-hmm. like this program is obviously doing is bringing people up really high and like just getting out there in the world is that is that what you yeah, feel definitely. like it does or like yeah yeah okay um, yeah, I will say I, I'm a pretty introverted person a lot of the time. I'm not, not like the most decisive sometimes, but I will say I've definitely like grown a lot since I started the program. I've just like learned a lot about myself and about, sure. you know, what it takes to be able to like be an organizer, things like that. Yeah. I mean, once you put power behind that, it's just, you can do It's honestly, you can do anything because it's not, it's, if you just know that you can make a clear, precise decision or choice in the moment that you're leading and everyone's like, sure, let's do it. 
then it actually feels really powerful. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I am actually pretty good at what I do. Or like, you know, I mean, I do this for my job day in and day out, but it's not cocky. It's not an ego. It's just, you just, you're good at like, that's what I do. I'm good at it. Just believe me. <laughs> uh, trust me. So what's your story? Like how, what's your up like story, your situation with your family? Like how is that working out for you? Yeah. So that's actually a little bit difficult to talk about sometimes. Uh, not any fault of your own. My dad actually recently tried to kick me out uh, because I decided to finally start testosterone. I've been on it for about four and a half, almost five months now. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And he has not been happy about it. And mm -hmm. it got to a point where, you know, I stopped shaving because I don't like to. And he okay. got really mad about it and saw that I did not have shaved legs. And as a result, he was like, I'm done seeing you. I don't want you living here anymore. And that was that. Uh, so I went and moved in with an aunt. Mm -hmm. And this all happened in the span. My mom wasn't even home. And when she found out, she was like, oh, what? But yeah, I think up until that point, it's kind of interesting because my parents weren't like, I never really presented traditionally femininely as a kid, which granted, like, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything one way or another, but I also, I distinctly remember when I was five years old, I thought to myself that I was just, like, a boy with long hair. Uh, I hadn't been, like, confined to, like, gender roles yet, and my mom let me play with whatever toys I wanted. She let me dress how I wanted, mainly because she just thought, like, okay, my kid's going to be a tomboy. That's fine. And because and she wasn't particularly, like, feminine growing up either, so she was, like, yeah, I'm just going to raise my kid to be an engineer instead. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I guess like for her, it gave her like a signal. Like, I don't know for certain what that means, but it's possible my kid may be trans. And my dad, I guess he just didn't see it at all. Mm -hmm. And when he finally found out that I started going by Jay and not my old name, he was not happy about it. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of gotten me to where I am now. How old are you? I am 18. I'm actually going to be turning 19 in about half a month. Yay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's an interesting thing because the thing that they're stuck on, which has nothing to do with you, the idea that your dad created for himself it, because he was groomed, that's actually grooming, what to believe that, mm -hmm. to believe what something should and shouldn't be. Um, mm -hmm. That's what actual grooming is, not what they're all saying, obviously, on the other side um and forcing us to like fit in a box it's like mm -hmm. it sucks because like they're your parent they should didn't care you know what i mean but unfortunately they're so either totally far gone or just like going with every what everybody else says and uh yeah you can't be that way like it's i like, will say um before i came out to my mom as trans i had come out to her as bisexual and asexual like both of them combined and she was not too happy about it. She made pretty biphobic comments, pretty aphobic comments. Mm -hmm. But I guess like over time, she realized like she didn't want to lose me because she realized I was getting distant because she was saying pretty, you know, not kind things. Yeah. But I'm realizing now that it was coming from a place of ignorance and not necessarily hate. So I kind of just like, you know, I guess like over time, she actually started like Googling, doing research about like, you know, what are all these different identities? What do they mean? And, you know, just trying to actually learn and get to know me better. And she's actually grown to be pretty accepting since. 
So I really appreciate her for that. That's fantastic. And it does take time. It's not like mm-hmm. it does take time. It takes time for you. It takes time for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like it takes time to like go through and really break down all those walls that have been created by these white cis heteronormative ideologies because that's mm-hmm. what they are and uh, break them down. That's so cool. I mean, like just got, yeah. And like sucks about your dad, but it's like, listen, either go along for the ride or get off the train buddy like, i don't know mm-hmm. it's i'm not disrespecting <laughs> your dad in any way but yeah I just... no i get it like <laughs> i've hit the point where i'm like if he doesn't want to support me in my trenches transition that's his choice and you know if he ever decides to grow up about it <laughs> then <laughs> he's free to come back but until that point i don't really want to deal with him and everything he has to say of course not um so what was high school like? Are you still in high school? You graduate already? I graduated last year. So I'm a freshman in college. Woo-hoo! What was high school like for you? So high school, for the most part, I thought it was fine. Um, I struggled a little bit with my mental health. Um, I'm actually still going to therapy and, you know, I take medication every day, which I will say it has, has helped so much. I am like okay. a functioning adult now. Yeah. It's awesome. But in high school, I was just really under a lot of pressure, like all the time, because I was one of those honors scholarship students and I had Mm -hmm. to like keep up my GPA. I had to like keep my parents happy, things like that. And it was just really stressful. But I remember entering high school, I was admittedly relatively homophobic and I hate to admit that, but it's because I had a lot of internalized homophobia that you know I learned from my parents making you know pretty homophobic comments which you know once I got exposed to different groups of people in high school because I went to a Catholic grade school they don't exactly like teach you about diversity really and then high school I still went You're to Catholic high school but they teach <laughs> no they taught, uh, diversity a little bit more yeah so I was actually able to be exposed to a lot of different groups of people and that's where I was able to learn that like oh I'm actually bi and oh I'm actually trans so it definitely helps. <clears throat> Sorry about that. High school has helped me to grow a lot as a person. And I will say that I do appreciate it for that. Of course. And the intern, you should always tell people that story about your internalized homophobia, because that's literally the product of listening and tell- people telling you these things, being racist comments, homophobic comments, ages. All the different things that you you might at the time like laugh it off or think it's funny or it's a joke and there are jokes but like it's so deeply rooted in our society mm-hmm. specific i'm just talking about america not even the world in america mm-hmm. that yes of course you have internalized homophobia duh like why mm-hmm. wouldn't you you know all and and the blanket statement that all white people are racist. Well, yeah, it's it's not that they're going to go have a swastika and march with like the Ku Klux Klan. But because of the things you're not told, you don't I don't I didn't know stuff. There's I, I could tell you stuff that I said when I was younger. And I'm like, oh, my God, why did I say that? <laughs> um, but that's just like the language that was in front of you. And you went with it because mm-hmm. you didn't want to also feel left out like you said you had the pressure right of high school and like being a really great mm-hmm. student and doing, like that's like a, it's not like you shouldn't get good grades but it's also an unnecessary pressure to put yeah. on someone because you have an exist you have an existence for them and they might not even want what you think they should be doing it doesn't mean it's mm-hmm. such a it's such a mind fuck isn't it mm-hmm. um i mean that's why you go to therapy therapy's great 
Um, that's crazy. So how's the college experience been versus the high school now that you're a freshman and like doing all that? Mm-hmm. I will say high school is very because I went to a high school that had block scheduling, it made it like transitioning to college a little bit easier. Okay. But I will say so far I have it's hard to say because I really, really liked high school, especially my last two years. Um, because I finally started getting involved in clubs and activities and it was actually starting to become fun. But now I'm in college, I'm actually involved in clubs and activities here too. Like for example, I'm very active on our dodgeball team. Yeah, dodgeball. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not very good at it. I can catch, but I can't throw. But it's clubs, so I don't really care. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I do stuff like that. Um, you know, I was able to start testosterone, so that was really exciting as well. I started November 21st, so it's been a little while, and How do you I've feel? definitely had a lot of because I'm still living at home, like I'm a commuter. Okay. But yeah, so my experience is a little bit different than a lot of college students. But I still have that, like, idea of, you know, having, like, the very disorganized schedule where it's, like, I go into class for a couple hours a day, and then the rest of the time I can spend studying or goofing off, doing whatever I want, really. That's <laughs> you know, cool. Yeah. Yeah, as long as I'm doing my assignments, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, you will. Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of freedom involved in college so far. That's really cool. Do they have any like LGBT things at school? Yeah, they do. Um, I so there's like an LGBT center at the at Cleveland State. That's the college I'm at. Cool. So I kind of like every once in a while I'll pop my head in there, but generally speaking, I kind of keep to myself at least when I'm like trying to like study and stuff, just because I like quiet spaces. It just helps me like focus better because I have ADHD. Um, but when it comes to like. They actually have a Discord as well, and I'm very active on that Discord. I'm very active on the trans Discord at the Cleveland LGBT Center, so I'm very, very active on Discord. That's great. No, that's 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 like, that's a way to another way to do it. Like, there's so many ways to do it. You know, there's so many ways to. This is a good segue, actually. So, speaking of all that activism and act, being active and taking action. Obviously, a lot's going on in the world, uh, especially in America. Anti everything, mm-hmm. books, uh, don't say gay, trans, drag queens. Uh, so, I would like two things. I would like you can give me give me your opinion on it. Honestly, just like tell me how you're feeling about it, and then uh, what's an action that people should be doing around that? Yeah. So. I will say I'm very angry about it, (laughs) as I imagine a lot of people are, because, I mean, I've kind of just tried to stay away from social media a lot because it can be terrible for your mental health, especially when you're just seeing people being super hateful toward people like me, just like on the daily. It's like I, I be active and like I try to like, you know, sign petitions and stuff when I have the mental capacity to. But I think in the midst of, you know, how insane America is becoming and how hyperpolarized it is, it's also important to be able to realize when it's taking a toll on your mental health and being able to kind of like dial it back and take some time to yourself. So I've really been working on trying to do that for myself personally. 
And I mean, obviously I'm still like, you know, when I have the energy to sign petitions, I do, but there are definitely times where I have to like take a step back because it can be very overwhelming a lot of the time. A hundred percent. It's freaking crazy. So like, uh, speak like a petition, but what other actions that would you like recommend when people can do it or like how they, cause not, not everybody wants to march, you know what I mean? Like what other actions yeah. can people be doing? So I think something that would be kind of cool. Unfortunately, when I was at CSU, like a few, this was like two weeks ago, I think, or maybe last week, I don't remember. But there was this like pro, no, not pro-choice, pro-life setup they had that was comparing abortion to genocide, which I don't want to get into that conversation. But regardless, it was really disturbing looking and I did not like it. But I liked the concept of having like basically like a they had like a bunch of panels set up in like a circle where students could like come and look at it, which obviously a lot of us didn't want to look at it because it's disturbing. And a lot of it had really hateful stuff. Like, of course they had to squeeze transphobia in there. Of course they did. But so obviously I kept it at a several arms distance, but I liked the idea that they had that I think we could use for like you know, spreading support towards the LGBTQ plus community of having just like little demonstrations with like, you know, info where people can just kind of like explain like, you know, just people walking by on the streets being like, oh, what's this little setup going on about? And you kind of just go up and see what it's about. And then, you know, there'll be people who can like help explain certain things that you might be confused about. Um, and it could just be super simple stuff, like just explaining, hey, this is what the L stands for. This is what the B stands for, you know, just going through the different letters and also like more like, you know, what are neo pronouns and just like little things that a lot of society doesn't really know about. And I don't think it's necessarily that like they're being outright hateful because they just hate it. I think they just don't understand. And that's frustrating them. Yes, it is. And then they're getting a lot of false information read to them by people who actually know nothing about the community in these mm-hmm. in the congress and senators and all that kind of stuff that's why you know that's why i originally started the podcast too so we could have these conversations and mm-hmm. the people that are actually living the lived, lived experience it they can actually just tell you um instead of giving examples of like someone else's life that they don't mm-hmm. know anything about or they're forcing ideologies on them and making people feel bad about themselves so i think that's a great idea yeah no i I think it'd be really neat. Oh, I don't, that circle of that pro-life. Oh, if someone could just drop, like, I just was ma- imagining drones. Okay, hear me out. I was imagining drones going up and dropping <laughs> balloons full of paint of all different colors, like rainbow paints, and just going, poo 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 And then I will by stop the- you right there. I love the idea. We just have to make sure that it's eco-friendly paint. Oh, eco-friendly paint and uh, eco-friendly uh, balloons because balloons are bad. Oh yeah, 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 um, yeah. Yeah. So absolutely, I will. I would leave that up to you. You go find your eco-friendly paint, <laughs> and I'll find the eco-friendly balloons, and then we have to find people with drones. Um, but yeah, that'd be really cool. But I think of things like that all the time because these people that are doing all that stuff just blow my mm-hmm. bonkers. Um, cool. All right, and then another part to this is that what kind? What words of wisdom can you give my queer youth listeners? Uh, I will say, as awful as this is going to sound, it's really, I understand how hard it is, like, especially for, like, you know, kids who are growing up in not supportive families to want to just get out as quickly as you can. And I agree that that's, you know, something that everyone should strive toward. If you're not in a safe environment, then get out of there. 
but I also think it's unfortunately, at least for me personally, I had to wait a little bit and I had to stay around them because that's just what the unfortunately safest option was Mm -hmm. at the time because I didn't have the autonomy to be able to transition and be able to just start living as myself. And I think it's like, I guess it's like take things slow if you need to. Like some people want to just like, you know, rush into it right away and i think that everyone's i'm speaking more so for trans people right now and honestly it can be applied to like anyone in the community that everyone you know can take things at their own pace and especially for like trans kids it can be really 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 hard to be living every day knowing that like the way you look in the morning like when you wake up in the morning or like the way you sound just is absolutely it just destroys you because dysphoria is real and it's it's really hard to deal with but I think it's important to like realize sometimes it's not safe to transition or sometimes it's not safe to be yourself so it's like for example if you're growing up in an environment and you know you know let's say you're only like 15 or something um realistically it might be difficult to get those resources to be able to like you know get out there and start living as yourself or start you know being able to be open about who you're with things like that so I think it's you know just you should put your safety before anything else and whatever choice you decide whether you decide to like you know start you know coming out earlier versus later that doesn't change your identity that doesn't make you any less valid and everyone you know unfortunately there are some people who will be like oh well you should be doing it right away otherwise you're not really your identity like no (laughs) that's a hateful thing and I don't like the people in the community who are like that but unfortunately they're pretty far and few in between but it's never too late to start living as yourself and you know just make sure that you are safe and you are you know realistically able to come out um, before you actually do and thanks for listening to another episode of QT Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, listen, learn, love.